weekend, we have been opening ourselves up collectively to a longing, to a hungering, a groaning, a prayer ultimately for the awakening of Christ's church and a reviving of this land. And I know that you know this, but it's really important to say that we're not the only ones who are praying for that. We don't have a monopoly on that desire. This desire isn't just confined to charismatics, to free churches, or to the newer networks. All across this island, in congregations and in cathedrals, in quiet moments of devotion around kitchen tables, and as the faithful just trapes around this beautiful land, so many people are caught up in this longing, this hungering, this prayer that sounds like, Lord, let your kingdom come. And on this Pentecost Sunday, I believe that Jesus wants to revive this land and he wants to reawaken his church, but all of his church, every aspect of his church, every denomination, Jesus is wanting to reawaken us all. He's wanting his renewal to take a hold of the whole body of Christ. And so with that in mind, I wanted to invite two friends up, Gareth and Dave. Do you guys want to come on up? Can we welcome Gareth McLean and Dave Dickinson, everybody? So Gareth leads Orangefield Presbyterian in East Belfast. Yes, some Orangefield people in the house. And this is Dave, and Dave leads Central in the city center of Belfast. All right, a lot of love for Dave. All right, all right. Um, I'm going to ask these guys a couple of questions. Um, but before I do that, I, I do want to honor your leadership and also the leadership of Lara and Joy as well, because I know that you're here. I just want to honor you both and your families for your openness to the voice of Jesus as you lead your congregations, as you have led in the past, but particularly as you look to the future. I just want to honor your leadership in that. Uh, Gareth, as we talk about renewal, what are some of the signs of renewal that you're seeing take a hold in Orangefield Presbyterian? Yes, Stu, thank you for giving us the opportunity to share a bit of that. And guys, thank you for making us so welcome amongst you this weekend. Um, I have been leading uh, Orangefield Presbyterian, the most beautiful, faithful family of God's people in East Belfast for the last four years. But what's remarkable is, is five years ago, so a year before I came, the elders gathered together there and in prayerful discernment identified a vision, a direction. And the number one priority for our elders was we wanted to be a church that hungered after the presence of God. Which was just remarkable coming from a Presbyterian background. So, no, I'm not joking, I'm being deadly serious. Um, so, a year later, they invited Lara and myself and our kids to come, and me as, as the minister, the senior pastor. And we have been on the most remarkable journey, um, taking seriously Jesus at his word that um, his sheep will both hear and know his voice and follow him. In our gathered spaces, we have been believing that every Christian gets to hear God's voice. Every Christian gets to encounter the Holy Spirit and trying to just guide our people gently into that space. And we've seen some remarkable things happening in the gathered environments but what really excites us is that deep encounters with God by His Spirit in the gathered spaces always, always, always lead to a missional response. 
stepping out of the building into the community and bringing life and moving with God's Spirit there. And, and that's what I want to share about for a second this morning, Stu. Um, in the past four years, we have repositioned ourselves as a church. We have changed the dynamics of our staff team. We have released finances to do more out of the building than we do in the building. We have birthed a food bank. We have started doing Alpha in the local community. Brilliant story in that we um, asked our local community center in one of the housing estates, can we run an Alpha course here? And they said, well, what is it? And they sort of tried our best to explain what it was. And they said, yeah, you can try it. That's fine. So we ran it and, and three people became Christians. Amazing. And that was just on the mouth of COVID. And then after the first COVID thing eased up, um, the community center came to us and said, now these guys aren't Christians. They said, that Alpha thing you guys ran, our people seem to really enjoy it. Would you come back and do it again? And we're going, yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd love to. God's given us favor with the Education Authority and been able to get funding there to partner with them to birth a youth club in one of our local housing estates and to resource a youth club in another local housing estate. When we were getting the funding, we said, listen, guys, if we take this money, we want to talk about Jesus all the time with the kids. And the Education Authority said, that's fine, just go and do the work. And so we have been just doing work in the past year there. It's been incredible. Just a couple of Little things. And to widen the scope out a little bit further, what are some of the signs of renewal that you're seeing within the context of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland? Absolutely. Well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so within us, we have increasingly in the past year, couple of years, felt a compulsion to lean into church planting, to learn more about it, recognizing that a church like ours should be resourcing and sowing into and raising up leaders and sending them out to plant churches uh, and we have our hearts broken for these two housing estates around us at the minute, and a sense that God wants to do even more than that. But as I look across our denomination, and, and guys, I, I, I love the Presbyterian Church, and I am called by God to serve and minister in the Presbyterian Church, but it frustrates me at times, and so much of what we do feels like it's banging up against institutionalism and dead religion at times. And yet, God is doing something. He's, it seems as if he's pouring out a new wine, a new grace on the Presbyterian church in these days. And not just the Presbyterian church, the established church. I, I know a lot of you guys come from, from networks and, and church plants that just the language of moving with the Spirit, the language of being missional communities, the language of church planting is, is your bread and butter. It's just who you are and what you do. God is opening our eyes and opening our hearts to that same missional response and open to, openness to His Spirit. Our denomination, about six weeks ago, Dave, ran a church planting conference. We had over 100 leaders from the Presbyterian Church gathered in a hotel in Dundalk to pray for and long for and learn about church planting. Um, in the past five years, our denomination has planted three churches, two in Belfast. I suspect this man's going to tell you about one of them in a second, and one in the south. And we are believing and hungering for more of that. I, I guess I, I'm really excited to stand on this stage today to ask for your prayers. You guys are further down the road on this journey. And I, I, I selfishly want to implore you not to give up on the established churches. And I, I want to ask you to commit to praying for us. Pray that God will pour out His Spirit. God will reawaken His people in our denomination. 
that God, even now, he is repositioning leaders into key positions, men and women who carry just an anointing from the Spirit to do this work, who will have favor to make significant decisions in the next five to ten years. So please, please, please pray for us. Thank you. Oh, Gareth, thank you. Do you know? Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Dave, Central is a young church, but it really, is, in one sense, it's also not a young church. You guys have such a rich heritage of being planted out of car money, but also where you're positioned um, in May Street Presbyterian, man, there is such a rich heritage and legacy there. I'd love for you to speak to some of that heritage of kind of car money in May Street. Where have you guys come from, I guess, is the question that I'm asking. Yeah, so we um, we planted from Carn Money Church, which is just out in Newton Abbey, and um, that's it's a really old church. It's like 350 years old. Whenever it was planted, I often think, you know, about because it's freezing in Newton Abbey, right? It's right. the coldest place <laughs> in, on earth, right? And I often think about those people that built that church building, hard like through people, the winter, 350 years ago. Anyway, uh, we came play. from there, and. Um, it's a really large church. Carmoni's huge, and you know, generally speaking, large and Presbyterian don't tend to mean that anything happens, really, right? Those two things don't tend to go together. But in the midst of of, of ministry in, in that place, God showed up, and and stuff happened over a long period of time. Really, two things in particular were really key throughout Carmoni, um, really growing, changing, and God moving, and those were worship and mission. Yeah. And uh, part of the mission piece then, I, mean, I guess when stuff happens, what do you get? With You get the church, right? right. And, um, and so through running off courses, really, for years, we then started running off courses downtown. We ran courses in the city center for five years. Stacks of people came to faith. People got renewed in faith. Stuff happened. And then this kind of itch started, which I left. We were, we were running in a coffee shop, and I was walking towards my car one night, and I thought, like, no, you just keep walking. So I walked to city center, and I prayed through that night, and, and I just had this sense of, like, is this it? Are we meant right. to just show up and tell people about Jesus and then clear off again? Like, is this it? Uh, and God got on my case, and our clerk of session got a, you know, had like sort of a vision from the Lord again. These things don't happen often. So um, it felt like God was moving ar- amongst us and, and some of us as leaders. And, and I feel that calling normally culminates in this I can't not do it yeah. moment. And so I had a I can't not do it moment, and that was I, I think, Lord, you're on my case to plant the church. So a group of us gathered. We planted then into Belfast uh, in October 2016. And uh, our daughter was born in November 2016. So in some ways, I will always think of Central as the same age as our daughter. Yeah, you know, it's that yeah. kind of thing. And uh, so we planted in 2016. We had no venue. There were nine of us, okay? Uh, no venue, no staff, no money. You know, there's just nine of us in this, like, arts venue. And uh, over that time, then, we gathered. Stuff was slow, right? I mean, those first two summers, I reckon I prepared sermons for more hours than there were people in the room. Right. Right. And uh, if anyone's ever planted a church, you'll know the pain of the first summers of planting a church. Right? It never leaves you, right? I think it's always going to be there. And uh, those first years, stuff happened. And then over the last number of years, the Presbyterian Church phoned us. We'd held our hand up and said, look, if there's churches closing, if there's sure. properties, we'd be interested. And, and they said, well, hey, what do you think about May Street? And we said, well, we don't think about May Street. We've never thought about May Street. Uh, May Street is this 
very large building right behind City Hall, BT1 in Belfast. Uh, Reverend Henry Cook, who's a significant guy in the history of Irish Presbyterianism, that church was kind of built for him. Uh, it, was, it opened in 1829. Cook famously, around the time a move of God happened, and Cook famously preached. There were five services on a Sunday. Uh, there was a thousand people in the building five times, and to all you wow. preachers out there, he preached wow. five different messages, right? Wow. Incredible. God wow. showed up. God did stuff. That was a significant ministry, significant for Belfast in all sorts of ways. Congregation dwindles. There was about 12 people left by the time we were handed the keys. And so we got in in April 2019, less than a year before we have to lock down and all the stuff that's sure. happened. And so now we call that place home. And as you stand at this juncture and as you look ahead, what are you dreaming about whenever it comes to Central? Yeah, church, church planting is kind of filled with these um, paradoxical kind of things where on one, on one hand you plant and the vision when you plant is nearly always huge, right? In our case, the vision was the transformation of Belfast, joining with God and others in the transformation of Belfast as disciples who make disciples, right? Like that's big yeah. and there's nine of you, yeah. you know, and you're filled with this like big vision, little resource, you know, big heart not much happening you know it's that sort of thing that that sort of marks it uh, and in a sense it sounds it sounds ridiculous but i suppose the moment we received that building and received a place where there's 200 years of history of people's lives being transformed the city being shaped and molded and turned and all of that stuff all of a sudden my heart started to change to think about you know i just don't want to plant a church for now i want to plant a church that has a legacy 200 years down yeah, the road and like, you've existed for five, so that's ridiculous. You know, it's this other paradox that kicks in where like, I, you know, someone will ask me what my 10 year vision, you know, my 10 year vision is. And I'm like, I don't have one. Yeah. That we exist, that we pay the bills, that some people have come to faith. You know, that's the 10 year vision. But yet what I feel has happened is like a 200 year vision. That's good. And the 200 year vision is as follows. Not that the building and every seat would be full, but that the city would be changed. It's great. Go on, Dave. That the city would be renewed. That. Like, it's great to, you know, and again, when mission happens, what do you get? You get the church. So if we just focus on disciples of real depth and substance, redemptive, transforming people in banks and hospitals and schools and all of the stuff, then what you get is the church. And so the hope is that the city gets changed. The hope is that we don't do it alone. Yeah. The hope is that some other people plant into Belfast and, and all of that sort of stuff. But yeah, I guess that's the vision down the line. Would you stand if you're able? It's Pentecost Sunday, the birthday of the church. And so we want to take some time to pray for the church. Would you guys jump down? Uh, I'll take that off, yes, perfect. Um, we want to specifically pray for Central and for Orangefield. And so if uh, Lara and Joy, if you guys can come forward, um, it would be great for you guys to join. And also if you are a leader, if you're part of Central, part of Orangefield, can you come and just huddle around these guys? And can I invite some of our friends just to come and lay hands and just begin to pray that these dreams the a city changed, East Belfast, the city center of the whole of Belfast being transformed by these churches. We just pray that that would be so. So guys, just begin to, begin to pray, begin to bless them. And for everyone else, this renewal isn't just for the Presbyterians either, all right? This is for the whole of the church. 
And so particularly if you are here and if you're part of an established denomination, if you worship regularly at a Baptist church, at a Catholic church, at a Methodist church, at an Elam church, at a Methodist church, can I ask you to be really bold? And would you stick up your hand? If you are here and you're from an established denomination, and if you are around those people, can I encourage you just to go and stand beside them and just lay on a hand? Because I would love to pray that on this Pentecost Sunday, that their churches would come alive, that the Spirit would fall freshly upon them, that the treasure of their heritage would be reawakened once again. So Holy Spirit, on this Pentecost Sunday, would you come? And would you fill your church once again? Would you reawaken us? Would you reawaken the Presbyterian Church in Ireland and the Methodist Church in Ireland and the Catholic Church in Ireland and the Baptist Churches in Ireland and the Elam family in Ireland? Would you come and would you bless your church? Would you reawaken us all to your worship and to your witness so that cities and villages and towns and communities would be absolutely transformed. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Would you bless leaders? Would you fill leaders, those who are carrying the weight of responsibility right now? But Lord, I pray as we look into legacy that you would also be releasing new leaders, that you'd be equipping them, that you'd be filling them afresh so that they would be able to carry on the mantle. Lord, I pray that across this island, in big churches and in small churches, that a new song would begin to arise and there'd be a heart for your mission, a heart for evangelism. So come and bless your church, I pray. Can I just encourage you as you're in the tent, just begin to keep praying. Just even if you're out there at the back, just begin just to lift up your prayers. Just begin to pray that the Lord would just bless his church. Let me, let me close out this time of prayer. Jesus, you are head of the church. So lead us and guide us into your good future, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, folks.